This episode is brought to you by SD Sober Living. If you or someone you know needs a safe and supportive recovery home, then reach out to SD Sober Living at www.sdsoberliving.org or call 619-625-0769. That's 619-625-0769. Come get some San Diego recovery and some fuck fentanyl at SD Sober Living. Welcome to the Fuck Fentanyl Podcast. I'm Luis Romero, and I am the Fuck Fentanyl Guy. Today, I brought a real special guest with me, one of my um, one, of, one of my good friends and um, also one of my uh, Fuck Fentanyl models. Uh, this is Talitha. How Hi. you doing? How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing. You're doing, doing. All right. So, um, you know, I, I've heard Talitha, you know, say her story a few times at my little meetings I go to, and, you know, it's always been like a really powerful one and i you know i actually was trying to get talitha to do my shoots for a while (laughs) (laughs) it took a little convincing and it but you know um you know talitha um kind of you know went back out and um had to do a little more research and when i saw her again you know i was super super uh ecstatic and and i i was like you know just happy that she was back you know and then we got her, finally got her on the shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, a bit of a homebody. It's hard for me to leave unless I'm leaving for work or meetings. So. Oh yeah. No, I'm the same. <laughs> I, I I just I'm an A to B person. Yep. So um, oh man. So just tell me how what it's like for you um like growing up and all that. Um, you know I've it's kind of a little bit all over the place. Um, I was actually born in Louisiana, um, and I grew up. In like a hyper-religious, misogynistic church. Uh, My dad was one of the deacons. So from like a really young age, I had kind of this super conformed version of Christianity shoved down my throat. Um, And I always fought against it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I didn't like being told that I was less than or that I wasn't as important as something else or that I had to do things a certain way with no explanation. And so from a really young age, it got me into a lot of trouble. Um, I was like severely abused, like mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually and everything, you know. And um, it when that when that starts happening to you at a young age, it really conforms your understanding of the world and the way the world works in your relation to the world. Yeah. When you're a child, you can't separate like things that happen as outside of yourself because at least for me, like I viewed the world as like my world. So everything that happened to me was a direct result of me, of who I was as a person. So anything bad that happened to me was because of me. And I couldn't separate the fact that people are, people do bad things on their own and you suffer the consequences. Like I didn't see that. So from like, from like as early as I can remember, it was just the world was shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Fuck the um, world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, my mother suffered like really heavy mental illnesses. My dad was really abusive. So there wasn't ever really like that like motherly love that I received from her. And then my father was just like a fucking asshole. So 
like the two most important people in my life, the people who were supposed to protect me, who were supposed to take care of me, abused me. Yeah. And um, it, fucked with, it fucked with my head. It fucked with how I viewed love. Um, it fucked with how I viewed family. Um, it fucked with how I saw God um, because it was my father's God that made him do everything that he did. Of course. And so, so you, you can yeah. justify his abuse. Exactly. And, um, you know, it was, yeah, it was a trip. You know, it, I, I don't like to dwell too much on it sure. when I'm talking about my story just because there was a lot of trauma, a lot of like yeah. um, suppressed memories that came out later through like therapy and psychiatry yeah, and like course. all that jazz. But it was fucked up, you know, to yeah. say the least. Um, I ran away for the first time when I was like two. Mm-hmm. And uh, we well, lived two years old. <laughs> yeah. You ran. I, I just went to the woods for a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, this is nice. I, I, I don't well, need them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was like I was trying to find any way to survive my my reality. Yeah. And so I would create like these fantasy worlds that made sense of what was happening to me. And so mm-hmm. I like I ran away. My mom like spent most of her time in her room while my dad wasn't home. So. They didn't notice till like my dad came home um, from the church, and um, at that point they like I heard them like calling for me while I was out in the woods. But I like I was so disillusioned from reality, like I was so separate from reality because of everything that I was suffering through, that I had like you know these fairies in the woods that yeah. would take care of me and would like uh, okay. keep me separate and keep me safe, yeah. you know and. It was just, it was just a weird, I was like, like weird, they're, 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 they're little guardians. Yeah. Something like that. But I was just a weird fucking kid. Like, I, was, <laughs> <Maybe too. laughs> I was super fucking weird because another part of like the way that I grew up, like we were, I was homeschooled. Um, we weren't allowed to watch TV or read secular books. Like we weren't, I was cut off from the yeah. real world. The only people I knew were the people of the church. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have any friends. I had really high expectations. I'm one of six kids. I'm the only girl. So I was supposed mm-hmm. to be like this Proverbs 31 woman at oh, the okay. age of like I, I don't know what Proverbs 31 is. Well, it's <laughs> in the Bible. It's like um, it tells you like God's ideal woman. Uh, and there are some good points into it. Sure, you know, sure, like yeah, yeah. I'm not super religious. I'm very spiritual. But uh, at the same time, I have taken a lot of learning and growth from the Bible. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate it for what it is. Um, but I had all these expectations at a really young age and um And also abuse on top of it. Anytime I did anything that was like not considered holy or whatever, I got my ass handed to me. Mm. That's fucked up, you know? And like my brothers were um, kind of like the children of God and I was the servant. That was like the mindset. It was super misogynistic. I couldn't eat until they had their seconds type thing. So I was like underfed. I was abused. I was sad. I was lonely and I didn't have like anybody in my corner. Just because you were a girl? Just because I was a girl. And because I was kind of a dick, to be honest. You weren't very likable. So they they, they just, I was like, like, how are they better than me? This is bullshit, you know? And from a young age, I was like, fuck the patriarchy, you know? Well, yeah. (laughs) You shouldn't be like kissing their ass, but it was also terrible. Yeah, it was also the only thing I knew. So that's just how I thought the world was. And I thought that's how God was, um, you know, and it just fucked me up for a really long time. Yeah. Um, When I was 13, though, we'll just fast forward over a bunch of of abuse. Let's go go the teenage years. When I was 13, we got excommunicated from the church. Uh, They said that like um, the entire church uh, just cut off your whole family. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so there was some drama um, with 
my father and the other deacons and we got excommunicated. And my father was actually originally from California. He's like a surfboard shaper. He used to be like a chill dude, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then he found God yeah, and then then just, found... it just kind of went a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Um, so, so we moved um, back to California. Uh-huh. And there was a guy who was my youth pastor at the church. He moved with us. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to me, he was moving with us because he wanted to marry me. I'm 13 oh, at this age, by Jesus. the way. Yeah, That's so, old-fashioned. God, dude. <laughs> and it wasn't even like that he wanted to marry me. He was just so fucking obsessed with my dad and his ideologies that he was like, I'm going to marry his only daughter. So, oh, like, like, like I'll be in the family. Exactly. Oh, just super God. fucking lame, dude. Yeah. And um, so... <laughs> You know. yeah, thank Sorry. you. Yeah, thank you for validating. <laughs> yeah, no, like yeah. That. <laughs> but, fuck, dude. And so, um, so I moved to California. Um, we lived in a we lived in Pasole in Oceanside, which was rad. Oh, okay. Um, when I was like fourteen or fifteen, my neighbors. I used to. This is when I started kind of like. I used to hop over the fence mm-hmm. like at night, and like they let me hit their bong. Oh, and shit. And then yeah, I yeah, yeah, back yeah. over and Little then like adventures. the fear of God would be in my heart. I'm like, my oh. dad knows that I'm fucking smoking <laughs> weed and I'm going straight to hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was oh, terrifying, God. but it was rad. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It and was exciting. And then you're like, oh, God, yeah. like I'm scared to death of these people. <laughs> yeah, no, it was scared to death of my dad. You know, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. still super fucking gnarly. Um, but the thing was for me, like my whole life, I'd never felt like accepted. I never felt like I belonged. Like the other kids in the church, like didn't know how to approach me because of my father's status mm-hmm. and like men would like and dudes was not a thing like I never had like a boyfriend or anything like that growing okay. up like it was absolutely not allowed and so I started I to kind of develop this perception of myself that mm-hmm. I wasn't worthy of love oh. you know because I never received it from my parents and then I never really had any close friend I had one close friend when I was like eight um but some shit happened with that and her family left the church too so it was Mm -hmm. like i had and it had something to do with my parents and like so that was like the one kind of close friend that i had and it got taken from me and again that kind of reiterated the mindset that i'm not deserving of i'm not worthy of and so it's like you can i can look back on my past and see like all these kind of pivotal moments that Mm -hmm. really um just ingrained this understanding that i'm the problem you know yeah not the world is filled with hateful people or people are misguided and misdirected. Something's wrong with me and I don't deserve the love that exists in this world. And so when I started smoking weed, I was like for, I had like this release from these anxieties Mm -hmm. and these, um, these feelings of not being good enough and like my hyper anxiety over like the continuous abuse. So I had this release from it and I was like, Oh my God, like life is fun. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's kind of what started that, um, I used to drink when I was younger too. Like my dad used to give me beers and shit and then beat the shit out of me, you know, typical, you know, you know, typical addict shit. Um, but, uh, let's see. And then when I was 15, my mom got diagnosed with, uh, stage four colon cancer and it had Mm -hmm. already spread to her liver, her lungs and her brain. Oh God. And so I never had like a super close relationship with my mother, um, she had uncovered some of the abuse that my father was doing and it kind of drove a wedge between her and I. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was hard for her to love me. Mm-hmm. It was hard for her to love me. And, um, so when she got sick, <clears throat> it was really, it was really detrimental to me because 
I didn't really know this at the time. I had to find this later through like processing my emotions and like unveiling my resentments because that possibility of having a relationship with the only mother I have was being taken from me. And so that's kind of where my anger set in. Yeah. <clears throat> and my dad didn't believe in doctors. He's like a huge conspiracy. Oh, God. So it was, she was sick for a while before um, we finally before took her to anything. the emergency room. And that's why uh. it was so far along. She got diagnosed in November and she passed away in March. Oh, so it was very God. abrupt and I was her caregiver. So at this time I was 15. I turned 16 in February right before she passed away. So mm-hmm. for those months, like I was her caregiver and that was fucking yeah, traumatizing. Like imagine. it fucked me up. And I, but at the same time, like I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to show emotion. So I pushed it all down yeah. and I wouldn't let myself feel it or process it because I thought it made me weak. Okay. That was all about <laughs> to ask. Did, would um, your family like give you shit if you were, Oh feeling. yeah. Oh yeah. If I cried, I got beat. If I got Jesus angry, I got Christ. beat anything. And if I showed any kind of like dissatisfaction and guess what? I did a lot and I got beat a lot for it. Cause I was like, yeah. fuck you guys. Like I would get, <laughs> I would get fucking mad. Um, but I learned to kind of navigate it a little bit better and, and, um, save it for like journal entries mm-hmm. or like stuff like that. Or I'd make oh. like really deranged art, like as a 14 year old, <laughs> it was like, but like people with their heads cut yeah, off no, that and like say, blood like, murder art, like, everywhere. I was like, fuck this place. Yeah. All detailed. <laughs> and I'd like hide it under my bed and shit. Like <laughs> a little fucking psychopath. Yeah. Still am, but in different ways. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> fuck. Um, so that was kind of like the, the transition into, uh, drinking like okay. while I was taking care of my mom at that point um, my dad also has never had a job <laughs> my, yeah, <laughs> oh my god just to add dude. on top of yeah. it I hope he hears this one what day. a real cool guy <laughs> <laughs> so oh he decided to start shaping surfboards again and um, uh-huh. just open up a little like bible study church mm-hmm. um, same kind of beliefs a little bit more Christian than the church that we had but still super kind of culty um, <laughs> sure. and, uh, so he decided to, uh, he needed more money. My grandmother paid the mortgage on our house, but, and, but I, he needed me to get a job basically. Mm. And he was like, okay, here's like a 15 year old girl with like long blonde hair. She's like pretty, I can get mm. her to get a job and then I can take that money that she makes. Oh, so he took me into a surf shop in Oceanside and basically like flaunted me and was like, here's my daughter. Like, will you, if if I let you hire her, will you sell my surfboards here? Wow. And they were like, yes, we will. <laughs> so, wow. Um, so he would literally try to sell you? Basic, so I mean, he'd been doing it my whole fucking yeah, life, you know? Yeah, and yeah, that, it this, was no thing. At this point, too, the dude that was my youth pastor still lived with us. Oh, and I had God. no idea that I was engaged to him. Like, none whatsoever. <laughs> I thought he was like my big brother, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh. He was God. like in his late twenties, dude. Fuck. Wow. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's real traditional right there. You know? He's like, I'm like, this is just my dad's really good friend that lives with us and and talks to me really weird sometimes. You know what I mean? It was hey, so honey. <laughs> Wait, what? I know. Yeah. Uh, looking back on it, I'm like, God, you're stupid. But it's not. I was just naive. No. You know? well, yeah. Um, yeah. You were 16 when all this was happening. 15. I was 15, almost 16. 15. 15 oh, almost 16. 16. Yeah. So I started working at the surf shop and the the people who owned the surf shop also owned a skate shop that was right across the street, uh-huh. um, which was the worst place he could have possibly put me <laughs> if he was trying to keep me sheltered. You know, yeah, I right? was like, I got introduced to oh, Southern yeah, that- Comfort 
alcohol, which oh. was like the thing at the time. Yeah, and, I remember that. And then a little bit of blow and a little bit of partying, some oh, whippets, yeah. you know, yeah. some, <laughs> some fucking salvia. That <laughs> shit was not fun. Oh yeah, uh, I didn't like some either. I had a I had a really bad trip. I when I came up, uh, my older brother was actually there. My older brother worked at the surf shop with me too, and he punched a hole in the wall after my trip. And I don't remember the whole thing, but you know, <laughs> I guess I traveled back to some traumas I went through. And there yeah. was like a girl I'd never met before, like holding me sobbing. I was like, "Wow, I'm sorry, you guys got so fucked up <laughs> over my trip." Um, supposed to be fun huh? yeah, you know? yeah 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 <laughs> uh, but you know i started you know he didn't have my work schedule so i started uh-huh. lying you know and saying like oh i'll be off at this time oh like, okay so you had a you little know, more control a little bit more freedom yeah, yeah um and so of course i used that freedom to get fucked up of course and at the same time i'm taking care of my mom yeah uh and she started she got amnesia or whatever it's called like when you're like it's oh like, like dementia dementia yeah, yeah, yeah. so she had that uh, the last couple weeks and it was like I'd go in there uh, to like try and like change her fucking shit, and yeah. um, she would like start screaming at me like I don't know who you are, uh, get the fuck out of here, and so I'm like, tough. I'm like this person that I just want to love me uh, so bad, like, like, won't even fucking get away from me. me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just keep shoving that down on top of the other emotions. <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There you go. I gave you one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And, um, you know, so it that was kind of like I I experienced a little bit of freedom, you know, and I experienced access to drugs and partying and kind of that that lifestyle where you make these really, quote unquote, genuine connections with people. But it's all surface level because you're all just high and drunk. And so I started to feel a part of I started Mm -hmm. to feel accepted Um, and then my mother passed away and on her deathbed, like, um, like right before she got dementia, she felt like she was like, um, she looked me in the eyes and she like whispered something to me and I was like, what, like, what are you trying to say? And she was like, this guy said his name who lives with us. You're supposed to marry him. Oh my fucking God. And I was like, what? I was like, he's like my, like I got just filled with rage because I felt betrayed, you know? And I was, because at this point he'd been living with us for two years, two and a half years and almost three. And, um, and I, I got mad and she was like, I want to tell you that your father's not always right. And you don't always need to do what he tells you to do. And she was like, I don't want you to marry this, this person. Oh my God. And she'd never like, broken confidentiality of like what my father said to do if that makes sense like yeah, she never no, got yeah, it yeah. she him. always had she always, always had his back had his back she didn't even like through all the shit that he put me through which was fucked up she always took his side over mine so for her yeah. to kind of like and, and she was suffering through dementia this was like this was so this was like the last like week before she had dementia oh, for like the two week last two weeks so this was like right before she kind of eased into the dementia yeah and so it was like it was like it was like her final like chance to really say to anything. kind of try and like maybe make up for yeah, the yeah. shit that she put me through or like you yeah. know I don't know um but that was like it was a obviously really, eating her up yeah it was a really pivotal point in my life so um then fast forward my mom passed away uh-huh. I work at the surf shop I had a crush on this guy that mm-hmm. worked at the skate shop and um we've been hanging out and drinking smoking weed and doing blow and taking other pills and shit and he um said that he would help me run away. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and the way that he convinced me, that he was like, so we have to like cut your hair off Wait, short so they can't recognize you and dye it fire engine red. 
they had a crush on this musician who had like oh short my red hair. God, and that, are that you was serious? Where, yeah, dude. That's where. So I mean, wow. I know. You I, found an excuse. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I. <laughs> Which musician was this? I don't. It was like fucking. It was Alice Glass from Crystal Castles. So he wanted like her haircut on me. <laughs> I just it's a, it's fucking deranged. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, little... it is what it is. But yeah. I, I was just, honestly I was very I was a puppet. I'd been yeah. a puppet my whole life. I didn't know how not to be. Um yeah. and so I ran away. Um he like met up with me, cut my hair, dyed it, sent me on the train like to his homie's house. That was like I don't know. I can't even remember where the fuck. I don't even know where anything is now. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking yeah, 28 yeah, years sure. old, for but sure. um so, and then my, my dad went into the surf shop. He knew that I was close with this guy. He checked our phone records and saw that I'd called him before I disappeared uh-huh. or wh- whatever the sure. night before he saw that there was like multiple calls on the phone records to his number. So he went in, threatened him. The guy told him where I was. Okay. So my dad drove, came and got me. One thing, one rule that my father always had was aside from not being allowed to wear makeup was I was not allowed to cut my hair ever because oh, i used wow. to have like long blonde hair like down past oh, my really? ass. yeah like and i you know whatever it's, that was just his thing he thought yeah. that women weren't pretty if they didn't have long hair oh wow. when he saw my short red hair he started to absolutely beat the shit out of me <gasps> dude like just wow on site fa- just... on site wailing me in the face the dudes oh, uh the homies God. house whose parents were there they were kind of like oh like should we yeah and, you know it was just do? a fucked up like... situation so he brought me back home um, and you were still a minor, or, or did you? Were, yeah, I was sixteen. This uh, was like right after my uh, right after my mom passed away. So I was sixteen. Jesus. Beat the shit out of me. Fucking busted my lip. Like my head was all fucked up. I was pissed, um, you know, because I like thought that I was getting out. You know, yeah. I believed that I was never com- going to see them again. Never yeah. going to be a part of this lifestyle again. Yeah. Um, but that and that didn't happen, obviously. So he brought me back home and I stru- I suffered with a, like a lot of depression, you know. It kind of makes sense like with all the stuff that's been was going on in my past like leading up to now. And so and I'm <laughs> I'm a, I was a sick fucking bitch, like I'm not going to lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So obviously he's tore up about his wife passing away. Yeah. He really thought God was going to save her. It yeah, like rocked yeah, his reality. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then his daughter, who he kind of wants to be like a replacement wife and like take care of the kids and take care of the home, runs away. Yeah. Cuts her hair off. She's no longer beautiful in his eyes. He's mad. He feels betrayed. I was pissed. So I put on my mom's wedding dress and Uh. slit my wrists in front of him. Because I was like, you can't have either of us, motherfucker. Yeah. Deranged, like yeah. I literally, but I was fucking sick to the, in the to head. The core. Yeah, so I was just like, "Look, this is what you did. Like, yeah. you want to keep doing that? This is what the fuck." You, I was pissed, dude. I yeah. was fucking pissed. Like, why can't you just let me go? Yeah. You know. Um, and God so, damn. like, right after I did that, he grabbed my hair uh-huh. and fucking smashed my face on the kitchen sink oh. and knocked me out. When I came to, he had put like a mattress in the attic and like wrapped up my wrist. And um, called my work, told him that I had mono or something, and uh-huh. I stayed up there for a month and suffered a lot of abuse. It was pretty fucked. Oh my god! Um, you know, and then I, you know, played nice. You know, like I'm sorry, I won't. You know, and got back in his good graces. Everything kind of went back to normal. Um, and then, then I started working again, but he needed me to work more. All this time, my paycheck goes to him. He yeah. needed me to work more, so I worked at the surf shop. They also owned like a sunglass store. I started working there mm-hmm. and then I started working at this pizza place that was right there too. Cause all of this was walking distance from mm-hmm. my house. It was like downtown Oceanside by the pier and okay. I lived up in Fasole. 
and I walked. He didn't give me fucking rides oh, or anything yeah, like that, course, which is uh, fine. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck yeah. him. Yeah. And <laughs> it's not like I didn't I'm know. Really, he I'm didn't really care. starting to hate this man. Like, I'm developing a resentment. Towards <laughs> All him. of my therapists that I've had and like psychiatrists, they're like, you, they're like, you know, I know, like off the record, we can kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my my counselors at rehab, like everyone's just, I'm like, it's, you know, oh he's just sick. He's just yeah, sick is the yeah. problem. You know, if I were to, we don't have time for it now, but if I were to go into his story, like he went through some fucking shit too that uh, shaped his yeah. brain and fucked him up and made him the way I'm that sure. he is, you know? I'm sure, but he's still a piece of shit. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for validating yes, my emotions. Yes, I, I, I do. I 100% validate you though. Oh so, um, so, you know, whatever. Then I, you know, after that, I played nice, and then I started, you know, I was drinking still and, like, doing drugs, but I was uh, maintaining it. It wasn't, like, too bad. I hadn't found heroin yet. Okay. Um, and then, so it kind of went on like that until I was 18. So mm-hmm. I was still working those three jobs. It was, And then I got a job at a diner, too. So it was the... Wow. I stopped the surf shop. I okay. worked at the sunglass shop, the yeah. pizza place, and the diner, and I would... I would work at the diner at like fucking four o'clock in the morning. It was a breakfast diner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'd get off work there and I'd work at the sunglass shop for a couple hours. I was the manager there at 18. And and then I would work the night shifts at the pizza place. It was like a mom and pop's place and I was a manager there too. So I was like, I, I'd i been raising my brothers for a long time. So <laughs> like I was good at managing things. So that skill yeah. came to me um, pretty easily and I moved up quick for being how old I was. Mm-hmm. Um Anyways, I that you know I paid for the clothes, the food. Jesus, so um, you were like their second mom, practically. Yeah, yeah. I was the only maternal figure that they'd had, really, because my mom spent most of the time fucked up in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and those were my the two youngest ones, especially my two youngest brother. Those those were my little babies. You mm. know, um, and that's like one thing that I still really need to work through is um, my resentments towards myself for choosing drugs over them. Because sure. I was the only, like, even though I was fucked in the head, I was the only stable, like, parental figure that they had, and I chose dope over them. Mm-hmm. And I left them. So yeah. it leads into this. Um, when I was 18, I met this chick. Um, I was actually kind of dating this guy at the skate shop, mm-hmm. and he broke up with me to get together back together with his ex-girlfriend. Okay. And I had a little friend group that we used to, like, drink and shit with. And yeah. so he showed up. They showed up with like a 30 rack and like some fucking weed and they were mm-hmm. like hey like fuck him like let's go to the beach and kick it like you're still our homie like uh-huh. he's an idiot yeah so we go kick it and then he shows up with his ex-girlfriend who's now his new chick and oh trying to be God. he's all wasted and he's like hey have you met her like yeah, yeah, the, yeah, trying yeah, to be yeah, all yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. the fuck and i was like no i haven't you fucking idiot obviously <laughs> i fucking haven't like nice to meet you uh-huh. And then he gets belligerent and she's like awkward she doesn't she didn't realize that's what he was doing she felt like kind of bad and yeah. she was like hey like she was asking him to take her to the bathroom. She didn't know where the fuck the bathroom was that we mm. went to. And, and he was just ignoring her. And I was like, hey, like, I'll take you to the bathroom. She was like, oh, really? And I was mm. like, yeah, dude. We're walking. And I was like, I just want you to know, like, water under the bridge. I have no ill will against you. Like, if he doesn't want me, good for him. You know, mm-hmm. that's what he wants. That's what he wants. I'm not tripping over it. Anyways, she left him to hang to be with me in the, <laughs> in the, really? in the long run. Yeah, well, fuck him. Uh, yeah, I was like, well, you lost both of us. Way to play your cards, right? Yeah. And, um, and then, uh, but she was rad. She was super rad. She, you know, I, I, she was really dear to my heart. We got really close. Um, and she started like taking me, and we would 
start doing harder drugs Mm -hmm. and partying more and I was less spent less and less time at my house lying more and more about my schedule at this point honestly my dad was kind of fucked in the head and I don't really remember our interactions a lot during this time it might be because I was high but I don't really remember Mm -hmm. anyways we went and like partied in LA this one night um and we went to see some underground band I think we were like 17 or 18 I think we were 18 at this time and uh did like a bunch of ecstasy and shit like that. And I remember I was like throwing up green slime on the side of the road, trying to walk back to the car the next day. Like the I, was like, what? I was like, what the fuck is this? How did this come out of me? It was fucking wild. Yeah. But we were super hungover and we were laying at our friend's uh, house and we were watching Intervention. Oh, yeah, I remember that show. Yeah. I used to watch it when I was high all the time. And there was a couple shooting each other up in the bathtub. Uh-huh. And I was like, dude. I want to try that. Like, look how fucking obliterated uh, they are. That's and that's how I got idea. introduced to heroin. Oh. And that night we picked up heroin for the, fr- for the first time ever. I was like, wait, hold on. What the fuck is that? That looks amazing. You know? it's, I know. It's so burnt. It's so fucking it's like the burnt. one show. They totally try not to glamorize drugs I, at all. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I was like, they look happy. They look happy. The beginning part looks fun. Their families are like crying and shit. I'm like, that's the one. Let's Ah, go. Yeah, skip that part. We don't even see that. But it it kind of ties into like um, the manifestation of energies and whatever energy you put out, whatever you're calling for comes to you. Mm -hmm. Because I put out into the universe, this is what I want. And that night it came to me. Yeah. And I'll never forget the little fucking kid that we picked it up off of. We were just driving down Coast Highway and I was like, that dude. Stand on the corner. I was like, that, that dude knows where it's at. <laughs> and he did. We pulled over and I was like, hey, like, you know, call it. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Yeah, what's up? Hey, you got, you know, and he's like, my homie's picking up right now. I'm like, you sure you want it? I'm like, yeah, how much is it? I have no idea what the fuck. You know, and so him and his buddy get in the car with us and he's like, I just want to let you know, like, this isn't a drug that you do just one time. You know, uh, like, he's like, it's going to take over your life. Wow. You know? And he's like, and I, I can't, like, do this with you without telling you this first. Like, I want you to understand that. Oh, so they knew it was your first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I've always been uncomfortably honest. What probably in situations <laughs> when I shouldn't be, he probably could have just robbed me. But it <laughs> yeah, didn't, go, totally didn't go that right. way. So, uh, they're a little, a little, they're a little kid, more, you know? more respectful. They were like, Oh, two hot chicks want to do drugs with us. That's what it more <laughs> was. Yeah. Drug dealers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I was like, look, you don't fucking know me. I was like, I've been doing drugs for fucking, I don't know, three years at that point, which yeah. is not a long time. And I was like, I've done a ton of things one time. You mm. don't know me. You don't know me. Oh yeah, for sure. Pass it. Let me let me see it. Let me Dang. see what this is about. Let me you let me show you my resolve. Mm. Let me show you how good I am at sure. doing whatever the fuck I want. You know. <laughs> and then I became a heroin addict for the next twelve years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't take his warning. <laughs> so, uh, so what was it? Um, they they brought it and it was like um in a needle and all no, that. No, I, I smoked. I've actually never used uh, heroin or fentanyl intravenously. Oh, really? Never. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Only yeah, one time a in a medical procedure and that doesn't count, you know? Nah, nah. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't count it. <laughs> so, and I, and that's, it's a, it's honestly, um, it's my higher power looking out for me. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, because the first time I ever did it, it was like, all the love that I never received from mm. my mother, all the yeah. protection and belonging that I never received from my family unit, um, all the pain that my father had caused me, all the rejection that I'd suffered through, all of it 
like the love was there and the pain was gone for the first mm. time ever in my life. For the first time ever, I felt okay in my body, in my skin. Um, and I had been searching for that feeling my entire life, as long as I could fucking remember. And uh, I was never letting go of it, ever. Oh, yeah. Nothing was going to get between me and that. Uh, and that was just the first the first dose. The first all time. those feelings yeah. were just... Well, and you know, we say like you you chase that first high too. Oh yeah. You know, but it was like the first time I felt like I was where I was supposed to be, and it was because everything was so fucking numb, and I couldn't feel any pain. Mm -hmm. And I'd been carrying around pain my entire life. I didn't even know that I was carrying yeah. pain. It was just my Absolute. reality. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a trip. It was a trip. I was like, holy shit. I was like, thank you, intervention. Thank like, you. You know what I mean? Um, and so then, it, it, you know, shit got good, and then shit got really bad. I started stealing from my jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, me and my me and my friend, we moved um, to San Diego County, like Mission Valley. Her parents were loaded, so they bought it. They paid for, like, a penthouse while she went to beauty school, and <laughs> I worked in another restaurant. It was, mm -hmm. it was awful. You know, we went through... Went through a lot of shit. Um, my the guy that I bought it off initially became like our connect uh, mm -hmm. for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, he blew out a couple of veins and ended up in the hospital, and we couldn't um, couldn't pick up. So yeah. we went and camped out outside a methadone clinic and like, <laughs> linked up that's with a, this fucking spot. yeah, linked up with this sketchy ass fucking dude who used to like come <laughs> that <over>. guy. Yeah, <laughs> well, it, it was it ended up be, it went from like a couple of kids getting high on dope to like. Yeah a grown ass man holding a gun to my head, you know? Fuck. And like, it was, it just, it went bad real quick yeah. and I, it didn't matter because I was still getting high. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, fuck, I'm trying to like, I feel like I'm fucking rambling a little bit. Oh, but, no, you're fine. Um, I want to say when I was like 20, 21, I was still living with her. Um, and then I met this dude under the bridge at the trolley station and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> typical. Yes, and he was yes. like playing a banjo and I was like, Hey, like, can I play with you? You know? And we started, <laughs> I started like singing with him under there and we, yeah. we made like fucking like $300 in like two oh, hours of wow. people. Some dude threw in a hundred. So that helped balance it out. But I was like, okay, well this guy might be my soulmate. This <laughs> fucking homeless dude with the banjo <laughs> under the bridge like obviously uh, so i took him i brought him back to home to our fucking little penthouse apartment mm -hmm. and fucking uh <laughs> i was like here like take a bath you know take a shower yeah. you know let's do some drugs and he was like well i have some ayahuasca if you want to do it wow. and i was like absolutely let's go yeah that's the go. first time i got clean off heroin that shit fucked wow. me up and like i had a spiritual revelation and oh. then i kicked for like two weeks in bed um, I was, I was high for like three or four days on the ayahuasca. I uh -huh. kept doing like blow and like taking, I think it was Valium, uh, oh, but okay. I stopped using heroin. So I, I, I was going to ask cause I'm kind of yeah. curious. Um, so when you took ayahuasca, the intent was to, to, so you can kick heroin? No, no. That was what the spirits decided once oh, I started. Ah, the yeah. Ooh. That's, it was, uh, not my intention whatsoever. Uh -huh. I was just trying to get fucked up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I, I was just curious cause I know some people, um, the, uh, they, yeah. they try to do that route to, to get clean. I didn't even know really what ayahuasca was. At that point I was, a. I what was, you got? Yeah, exactly. I would do anything and everything. Um, yeah. Because I started when I, I started to hate myself on top of like 
getting high all the time, like the shit that I was doing for my drugs and the people that I would hang out with and the people, just everything that I was doing, mm-hmm. I hated myself. So I had like this freedom from pain, but then I had this self-loathing that was building up. Yeah. And so I was like, I would do anything, mm-hmm. anything and everything. Um, yeah, I was fucked. And then <laughs> uh, me and my friend, the girl that I lived with, um, she, we got in a huge fight because mm-hmm. I wasn't using and she was dope sick and oh, just like yeah. all this shit. And I'd just been detoxing in our bed for like two weeks, two or three. I don't fucking yeah. know how long yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, it was, it was awful. It was traumatizing. I was like, uh, in psychosis the whole time. Yeah. Like she was being a fucking cunt. I was being a fucking cunt. Like we were going at each other's throats. And then she said, um, well, like her parents paid for the place. She's like, you can leave mm-hmm. the way that I've, like the way that I've built the walls up over my heart is if somebody shows me that they don't want me or makes me feel that they don't want me, I'm out because yeah. I don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah. I don't want to feel like Build I'm begging wall. for your love. Like my parents never fucking love me. The same old fucking sob story. Like if you're not going to love me, that's fine. I'll go find it somewhere else or I won't be loved. I'm fine with that too. Like that was my mentality. But we find strength in that. It, yeah. It was a protection measure, but it's, it's detrimental to your spirit. You know, it's detrimental to your growth. So, um, so I packed a little suitcase, um, took a couple of my records, left the record player and bounced. (laughs) 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 Um, and I didn't see her again for, for three or four years. Um, that's, yeah. yeah, So that, yeah. Um, you're on the road. Yeah. And I quit using heroin. I quit using heroin. I was like 21, 22. Um, Oh, wow. So you, you tried to, tried to, to do it um, pretty early on in your life. I did. I did. And it wasn't through like it wasn't through some self-awareness of mm-hmm. being like, oh, I'm destroying myself with drugs. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I can't keep fucking doing the shit that I'm doing to get this drug anymore. I cannot I keep doing this to myself. Um, and then like getting past the dope sickness with the hallucinogens like that kind of helped. Mm-hmm. I still did everything else. No, oh, okay. I started drinking like a motherfucker, mm-hmm. like super gnarly. Um and doing a bunch of blow mm-hmm. and ecstasy and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of shit. Oh, you're still in your very active addiction. Absolutely. Just, I just, you just cut that one drug I out. just cut heroin out, and I yeah. was like, well, I'm not a heroin addict anymore. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Fine. I'm fine. now. I'm fucking breaking bottles over grown-ass dudes' heads at the bar <laughs> trying to get fucking knocked out, but I'm fine, you know yeah. what I mean? I, just, I was a fucking tornado for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and then I moved. Uh, I met another, uh, met another chick. Uh, she was my roommate at the time. It was his girlfriend and she just kind of took me under her wing and, um, she took me to LA. We lived in Compton for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started getting involved in some kind of like sex work shit and that okay. was not good for my mental health. Oh, no. Um, and, uh, that was when I, aside from the time that I tried to kill myself in front of my dad, I tried to kill myself again. Okay. Um, I did it a super like bitch ass way. I took a bunch of aspirin because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was all I could get my hands on. I drank oh, like a bottle of wine and took a bunch of aspirin. Like what kind of fucking Beverly Hills fucking yeah. shit is that dude? And uh, <laughs> it was all I had at the time. You yeah. know? And I was fucking living in this nasty ass trap house, like fucking, just skeevy ass motherfuckers. Yeah, like it was just not a good place. You just for wanted me. to end it. You're yeah, just, I was done. And 
when I was laying there, like, and I like Googled like how much aspirin do you have to take to die? You know what I mean? Like I was like, I'm going to do this right. You know, I was, oh my God, dude. So I took double that amount. Yeah. Yeah. And right. Then, so I'm laying there and just this like spiritual presence comes over me and like, it's like a weight on my chest and I hear this like loud voice reverberating in my, like in my conscious. And it was like, no super loud and it woke me up. Mm-hmm. So I got up and went to the bathroom and I started uh, making myself throw up. Okay. Uh, but I didn't throw up enough because I, <sighs> yeah. you know, so I started and I'd also like, so then I Googled what are the signs of aspirin overdose? My eyes are like getting, <laughs> my vision's all blurry. I'm all sweaty oh and I'm God. like, I've got the shakes on early. So I call 911 yeah, and uh, I'm all, I'm all, Hey, uh, I tried to kill myself, but I, I changed my mind, but I think I'm still going through like aspirin overdose. And they're just like, it's a like, slow process. What the fuck, dude? Like, what a fucking train wreck. I was like, but I, you know, I don't want to die anymore. I don't want to die anymore. You know, I change my mind. I change my, my mind. mind. <laughs> like, I want to live. I can't commit to anything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so indecisive. Yeah. Oh so they show up. Of course, they show up to my fucking trap house in Compton with like, four fucking ambulance, like, Four cop cars, an ambulance, two fire trucks. Yeah. It's like this whole big scene. Yeah, the course. chick that lives there is pissed. Like, <laughs> like you know how many fucking drugs we have in this house? The fuck is wrong with oh, you? Like, you're drive, the your, spot. Yeah, drive yourself to the fucking oh, hospital. It was a whole... God. I did feel like a fucking idiot after that, for sure. But I wasn't thinking about it at the time. Oh. I was just like, I'm dying. Like, I'm dying. I want to I wanna live. Yeah. I'm going to call for help. So they, they took me to the hospital. Um, it was funny because my, uh, the guy that was in the ambulance with me, the paramedic, he was super like, he, he broke through a little bit. He Mm -hmm. broke through. He was like, what? He was like, why? Like he was trying to like give me a therapy session, like in the back of the ambulance, which is fine. I appreciate it. He did come back to the hospital and check up on me. Like after his shift was over, which I thought was really sweet. But then he asked me for my number and I was like, dude, I was like, you're really preying on the weak, man. It wasn't so pure. (laughs) I'm clearly like, clearly not in a spot that anyone Want to go out next Saturday? Yeah, what the fuck? I'm like, no, dude, I need to see a fucking psychiatrist and go to rehab. The fuck is wrong I was literally like, oh, what a good guy. And just went down the toilet. Yeah, but I mean, it's funny because I still think about him sometimes. I couldn't picture his face or remember his Mm. name, but I just always like, man, people are a trip, dude. Yeah. But uh, I lost my hearing and vis- they pumped my stomach. Um, I lost my hearing and vision. And then that was my first like introduction for like two or three days. And mm-hmm. it like slowly came back. Okay. Uh, but I've always been a musician. So mm-hmm. I was really worried when I started to lose my hearing. I was like, I'm never going to be able to play music oh, again. No. And that was kind of like my, the one thing that kept me okay for mm-hmm. like my entire life. Um, I started playing piano when I was like two. And yeah. I started teaching myself guitar when I was like 14. And then I started playing the harp when I was like 21 and then I've always sang. So I was like, dude, the one thing that's like the most important thing to me in my life is music. And I've lost that because of my fucking stupid decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, but it came back. (laughs) So we're fine. (laughs) And, um, the psychiatrist that met with me, uh, was my first like introduction was my first introduction to, um, psychiatry and like antidepressants and all that shit. Um, my, the chick that I was living with at the time called my dad and told him what happened. Uh, I hadn't seen him or like been around him in a couple of years. So he drove to LA, um, pulled me out of the hospital. He didn't want me on, he didn't want me talking to a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. He didn't want me on meds, um, (laughs) pulled me out of the hospital and took me back to his house, uh, to recuperate or whatever the fuck. 
he said the reason that uh, I thought I was depressed was because I didn't love Jesus enough. You know, oh. I just need to get. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh, man. And that was kind of how he treated my mom, too. It was the same thing, you know, um, yeah. and she had a lot of mental health issues, too. And so that happened. I lived with him for a little bit. Yeah. He was OK with drinking. Um, and then I started doing some drugs again. Uh, I ran into one of my exes who I used to do dope with. Mm-hmm. And then I started smoking heroin again and smoking yeah. meth. Um, and then like it got to the point I wasn't working. So my dad, like I would make him like buy me my drugs and Mm -hmm. I would like, just like be like, it's your fucking fault. I'm like this. It was like a different relationship now, but it was still like not healthy. And your dad would do that too. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'd like, he'd like, he'd be like, I want to like hang out with you. And I was like, okay, take me to the bar then. You know, and we would, and then it'd end up with like some guy trying to take me home, and my dad like getting pissed that I'm not going home with him, and like, <laughs> oh my God. then we get in a fist fight, and my dad would get like 86, and like I'd like, you know, and then yeah. I'd disappear for a couple weeks, and mm. I'd come back when I was like fucking out of money and out of drugs, yeah. and like it was just this vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, and at this point, I got a job at a smoke shop, the mm-hmm. Inner World downtown, and um. Oh, there's okay, this, yeah, yeah there was this guy that I met there, and he asked me if I wanted to go work on a weed farm. And I was like, please, <laughs> please let me do that. Um, which was actually, um, it was actually another pivotal point because I got separate from, first of all, my family, uh, like everything. And um, the lady who was the wife of the guy who ran it, um, she was super into like kundalini yoga. Mm-hmm. And that was when I had like my first spiritual awakening. Oh. And I started eating like healthy, fresh stuff from the from the garden oh, yeah. and meditating and doing yoga and doing oh, like fuller wow. plunges in the spring. And like mm-hmm. um, I stopped trimming and, and started nannying their like two year old daughter, which was oh, super really rad. Nice. I was making the same money. And then I started cooking for the guys. And like <laughs> then they were like, so I didn't even really, I, by the time last, like by the end of that, little year and a half span mm-hmm. I wasn't even like trimming anymore I was just like baking baking biscuits and cookies <laughs> oh, and making wow. like chili and shit and oh, like wow. hanging out with the two-year-old it was really rad for me yeah. um but then I started dating the guy that uh was like the head guy on the farm mm-hmm. obviously not the one that was married a different one <laughs> and um I was like oh like you know I found my soulmate again yeah. and um you know the, all of those like feelings of abandonment not good enough like that was coming to the surface. And then he like slept with a chick on another farm. I was like, dude, we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. (laughs) And he still found someone to cheat. There's like three chicks up here and you're (laughs) fucking someone else. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I was so, (laughs) so pissed. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm out. I'm out of here. I bought a fucking, (laughs) fucking Honda passport and like paid some couple with like a couple pounds of weed to like drive me back down to Oceanside. I had like, uh, I had like, 13k and like a couple pounds so i okay you know you had something yeah when it well then it just turned into coke money you know (laughs) so that's what happened after the next couple weeks um but then i had all this like kind of personal growth and spirituality that i'd obtained before that happened Mm -hmm. not understanding that like the reason why the reasons why my emotions were so heavy from that kind of sense of abandonment was all of the suppressed emotions, mm-hmm. all the traumas of my childhood, all of that coming up to the surface yeah. because of this action that kind of, it's like a string with all this pain attached to it and it hit it and it, it woke up all the other pain. And so yeah. I was like overwhelmed with the emotions. So I, I immediately that. went back into drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened, but I had that spirituality that I'd kind of reached it seemed like while it. I was up there. Yeah. And so I felt 
separated from it. Like I felt like for the first time in my life, I was getting high and I wasn't okay with how I was feeling all the time. Oh, I see. Um, the God conscious kind of. Exactly. Exactly. My higher power had like made some progress into my heart and it kind of took a little bit of the freedom out of my addiction for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went into a psychosis for a month and a half <laughs> due to that. And Uh-oh. I backpacked to Tennessee in the middle of winter for about a month and a half. Oh, That's wow. a story for another time. Okay. But by the time I came back, I knew that I needed to make some changes. I spent all my money, basically. <laughs> <laughs> a little back step. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, and that's kind of how my journey has always been. It's like, I'll make a little progress and then I just pew, I like see. fucking hit the dirt, dude. And like, yeah. and it's, that's just how I am. I go, I go like any of us, like all yeah. of us, you know, that's why we're addicts. We go, uh, one is too many and a thousand's never enough, you yeah. know? And so then what happened? Oh, I got arrested for domestic violence against this poor little, this guy that, I don't want to say little, he's not little, but he's just <laughs> like, he was soft. He was a soft hearted person who just wanted to take care of me. Okay. And I was a fucking nightmare when I came back. Yeah. Um, and I got arrested for domestic violence against him because I was wasted and uh-huh. I wanted to go party at this house that I used to do a bunch of drugs at. And yeah. he was like, no, yeah. if you go there, I'm not going to see you for a week and a half. You're going to cheat on me and you're going to get fucking strung out again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so what? Let me go. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so he was trying to carry me back to my house, which was down the street from the bar. And I was yeah. like fucking wailing on him. And somebody called the cops. And Oh, okay. so uh, he didn't even call. It no, somebody, somebody else it called the cops, but okay. I, it was his fault. That's <laughs> why ah. <laughs> I was pissed. I was like, what kind of bitch ass motherfucker sees the cops and doesn't get me the fuck out of there? Like, right. you should know better. I've never had to, you know, whatever. Of course, yeah. Because I'm real. sick. I was sick you know I couldn't see anything as being my fault or being you know me needing to grow it was just like everyone's out to get me fuck you Mm -hmm. I they dropped the charges I spent eight hours in the fucking drunk tank and I lost my goddamn mind Louise like (laughs) I was like you can't put me in a fucking box like I was (laughs) losing it I was not okay with with being in the drunk tank I've never been to prison I've never been oh, to jail oh that was your first experience that was my first experience and I Amazing. really would like to make it my last because I am not built for it and it's funny because I used to pretend I was really fucking hard I am not eh. fucking hard I do not want to go there it is not the place for me because <laughs> I can't yeah. handle it I cannot uh, handle it that was your one experience and you were just like I'm never doing that it was, again it was fucking traumatizing and I don't It's Im- I used to never be able to tell anybody that like oh, I was really? very uncomfortable with like letting people know. I used to kind of pretend that I was harder than I am. I'm not. Oh. I'm a fucking pussy. <laughs> I'm a soft girl. Like it is what it is. It's taken a lot of work for me oh, to let I, these I, walls I, down. But this is who I've I, always been. I, 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 <laughs> I totally relate 100. percent Like because I grew up around that crowd that was in and out of jail and yeah, prison, YA, yeah. all that stuff. So you know, and I was kind of the late bloomer. I was 20 when I caught my case and. Oh, I thought I was ready for fucking jail. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run with these guys right here, and and it, fuck no, dude. I fucking was kicking <laughs> fucking dope, miserable, balled up. Like, yeah. Ugh. It's fucking cold yeah. in there, man. And it's not even like they really wanted me to join. It was just like they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. One of mean, those guys. Yeah. yeah take your rack. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I can't. I'm not good at being controlled. I've mm-hmm. been controlled my whole life. And so being controlled after I've tasted a little bit of freedom, I can't fucking do it. Mm. I can't do it. Um, not in that sense. And um, so, fuck, dude. And it was so funny because my dude was trying to let me 
marinate on what landed me in the drunk tank. So mm. he took a little bit longer to get me out of there than he could have. Yeah. So by the time he picked me up, I was still fucking wasted or whatever. Because I, I was I was like doing uh, some pills or something. too. I was always doing a cocktail or something. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to throw myself out of his car on the freeway. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, you let me get arrested, you're a piece of shit. And I like opened the car and he like grabbed the door and slammed it shut. And he's like, Jesus fucking Christ, Talitha, like you are the like most difficult one. Like it was just this whole thing. Anyways, I broke up with him over that. Um, (laughs) He gave up. He's like, I can't do it. He he actually ended up taking me to rehab a couple months later, even though we were broken up. He took me to crash. Oh no yeah. shit! Crash yeah, 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 saved I've my been life. There. No shit. <laughs> Crash. When saved was my this? Life. This was when I was twenty-four. So this was four years ago. Oh, four years ago. Oh, four okay. years ago. This was the first time I got introduced, really introduced to the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous. Oh, okay. Um, and I became, I transformed into a completely different person than I'd been mm. for the last twenty-four years of my life. Um, wow. I crash. It's a behavioral modification. Yeah, um, I, I was. You know, you, yeah, you yeah. know. I, I did ninety three so, days there, and I, I, I hated it. But, but you know, uh, <laughs> I did. I literally, I learned. I learned. You learn. You learn. You know, and I slipped up, but you know, uh, a As lot of. As did I. You know, yeah. and, I, and I, I still, you know, like remembered what they taught me, yeah. and I carried that into the other program that eventually, you know, because I didn't do steps or anything like yeah, that. So, yeah. So, so like all the stuff that I learned from crash, I just kind of took it on to the next one i went to yeah. and but i this time i was done and i and i decided to to go into steps and join the fellowship and, yeah. and all that so that was like you know how i got clean and sober but but yeah you know crash is tough and but you know um i i think that because it's it's kind of weird because it's a little different now mm-hmm. you know because you know yeah but in the end of the day, still like, the same fundamental aspects. Still, of it, same, exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, those those places are like that for a reason because you know we we like to live by our own fucking rules, and we don't want to, you know what I mean. So when they hold you accountable for you know leaving Everything. your fuck yeah <laughs> leaving your sock on the floor, oh you gotta sit on that bench and read that fucking. I got NA I got in trouble for being aggressive a lot. I just like <laughs> what the fuck. Oh, they put me on permanent humor van. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, crash. <laughs> I had to say, is that it? Was that aggressive? Uh, I'd be like, hey, fuck you. Was that aggressive? I fucking hated it. But I didn't realize I was aggressive because I had a victim mindset for so long. I, uh, but I was, yeah. I was aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> still no, am. A uh, yeah, bit. yeah. <laughs> but I'm hearing your father's story. That that was the awakening some parts of me, man. Right? But, but yeah, now man. Now you can see why I drew pictures of people being decapitated. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna join them right now. <laughs> God, but, I had a lot of rage inside of me, and yeah. I let it out any chance I got. You know. Oh yeah, and and I, you know, when I remember when I and I got clean too, it's like I like just everything got under yeah. my fucking oh skin. Yeah. Oh my god. Everything, and that's what makes going to rehab so fucking difficult because mm-hmm. you're constantly around people. Yeah. You have no fucking personal space. Yeah. And. Yeah. Somebody wants the fan off. I want the fucking fan on. I yeah, always yeah. want the fucking fan on. You got me fucked up if yeah. you're going to try and shoot the fan off. <laughs> Sydney's nodding, yes. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. Go write the fucking That script. hasn't changed. <laughs> go, go, go write your, your, your contract. With her. <laughs> but yeah, man. <laughs> oh, but, and, and but yeah, so you you, uh, you went to crash. And, yeah, um, you, and it changed me. They showed me how to not be a victim uh-huh. anymore, how to take ownership for my actions. Um they also, it was really difficult at first because I was 
I had been shoving down all of my pain for a really long time, and this was the first time that I'd been clean off of everything for a substantial substantial amount of time, mm-hmm. um, and I couldn't function. My anxiety was through the roof. Uh, I had PTSD. I couldn't sleep. Um, I would have panic attacks that would lead to seizures. Like it was a whole, my my nervous system was fucked mm-hmm. and my brain was fucked. My soul was, was destroyed. Like mm-hmm. I hadn't been spiritual since that like little snippet of time yeah, yeah, up yeah. in the mountains. Then, yes. Like, so I was, I was like a little fucking baby, like filled with rage. Like it was not, <laughs> it was yeah. not a good time for anybody, but the counselors there loved me and cared yeah. about me. And um, I'm like getting emotional right now. I always get emotional when I talk about it, yeah. but um, it was the first time that people had ever like loved me for me and not for what I could give them and just yeah. wanted to see me uh, thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, that's what the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous are to me. Mm-hmm. And I'd never experienced it before. So it was, it helped heal me. Um, nice. When I graduated from crash, they t- I stayed there for about 120 days the first time. Ooh. I was ready to graduate, and I was too scared to go out into the real world. And wow. they were like, yeah, we'll let you stay. Wow. <laughs> so I stayed for a little bit longer. Yeah, I volunteered to stay wow. at crash because I was scared. Yeah. I was scared because under for me, anger is a secondary emotion, and underneath that anger was hurt yeah. you know, and vulnerability and um, just a fear of the real world. I never really existed in the real world because I was always fucking high. And before that, I was so sheltered, I didn't know what the world was. Um, so I graduated. I moved into sober living. Um, I got about nine months clean. And mm. then that girl that I talked about, the one that I lived in Mission Valley with, yeah. we started talking again. She was still active in her addiction. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of my traumas, I was working with like an EMDR therapist and pulling a lot of stuff up to the surface that I wasn't really ready to face because mm-hmm. I didn't have the self-worth and the self-confidence or really the belief that I could get through my pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hit her up. Yeah. <clears throat> she drove from Oceanside to where I lived in San Diego, picked me up. I didn't say anything about getting high. We were going to go get dinner. Yeah. But we knew. Mm-hmm. Telepathic. She opened the, I opened the door to her car. She had meth on one foil and fentanyl on the other. Jesus. She's all, which one you want to do oh first? Oh, my God. Um, and I'd never done fentanyl before this. Yeah. Um, or, no, yeah, I don't think, I think that was the first time I did it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so I smoked some meth, and then I smoked some fentanyl, um, and then I projectile vomited for, like, 14 hours. <laughs> um, but I was like, fuck, yeah. The, the, green, I mean? the green vomit again? Not, not again. That one actually was a one-time occurrence. Aww. Actually, there was a weird little <laughs> tidbit that happened in Mexico during COVID that the green vomit reappeared. Okay, but we, don't, we don't need to go there okay, right okay, now. Okay. okay. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I think I was trying to run drugs. It didn't work out too well for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so I, you know, I was with her for a couple days i texted like my house manager and my best friend at the time who i went through crash with i said hey i relapsed i'm not coming home Mm -hmm. um my ex-boyfriend um at the time was like part of a club and so he like picked me up i was all fucking just drunk i don't remember any of this but i showed up at the house with a couple of his fucking homies at my sober living house to like get my shit like it was super traumatizing everybody was pissed at me uh, I don't remember any of it though. <laughs> I was like, "Oh wow, I did that." I was like, "I'm sorry." Yeah. So that was like, a, you know, just me being aggressive, like trying mm-hmm. to be fucking hard, trying mm-hmm. to be whatever the fuck mm-hmm. I think I need to be yeah. to have people respect yeah. me. It's, it's like all, the surface. Yeah, it's going. just so fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, 
placing my worth on everything outside of me rather than what's within. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then I went, I was living with the chick and like, I'd only been out for like a week. All mm-hmm. this happened in like the span of a week. Yeah. And then, um, she left her door open when she went to work. She worked at, she was a tattoo artist at that time. She went to work, she left her door open and her cat got out. So I called her and I was like, like all strung out. I'm like, Hey, the cat's like not here, you know? And she was abusive mm-hmm. too. I attract abusive people. <laughs> and, um, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so she came back and just, I'm like on the street, like looking for the cat. Yeah. You know, she pulls up in her car, like drives over the curb all gnarly, just gets out and starts fucking hitting <laughs> me, dude. And I was like crying. I'm yeah. like, I'm just, she's like, you let the fucking cat out. I'm like, you let the cat out. It's so fucking stupid. Wow. But anyways, uh, we find the cat. Yeah. We bring it in, but I can't stop crying because like first I have all this guilt and shame over relapsing, mm-hmm. over not having that love that I thought I was going to find in the drugs again, mm-hmm. like feeling neglected and abandoned and rejected all of those fucking feelings that always took me back out or up at the surface right now. And she like, she's like, babe, like I'm so fucking sorry. Just take this hit, take this hit. And I OD'd. Oh fuck. And I remember like, just like falling into this cavern and like, just like, it was like a night sky and there was like these little stars and I, my body like separated from my body and, um, I like had this choice mm-hmm. to continue on, like leave my body, leave the earth or to come back into my body. And I, w- I was like face to face with my maker. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see it. I couldn't tell you what it looked like. Yeah. I couldn't really explain what it felt like, but I knew. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't shame. It wasn't guilt that I felt. It was just unfinished business mm. is what I felt. And so I chose to come back. Okay. Um, and she had called the paramedics and left. Uh, so I got narcan yeah. a couple times. I was like laying in her bed and I got narcan and I'm face to face and I just started sobbing. Wow. And I was like, I had nine months. Like, and yeah. they're like, well, you know, like you can get back to it. You mm-hmm. know, like I was just, just devastated. You know, yeah. I was like, what the fuck dude. Um, and unfortunately I had a lot of meth in my system. So when the <laughs> fentanyl got knocked out, I went yeah. straight into psychosis. Oh, no um, shit. Then I was, she was gone because she didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, her parents, who were, like I said, they were loaded, so they yeah. were trying to keep an eye on her. They saw that she called the cops. They checked the cameras and shit. And she was like, oh, Talitha brought drugs into my house uh-huh. and all this shit. So she was like, my parents said, you have to get out. And I'm like, okay. So I was like wandering the fucking alleys in Oceanside. My mm-hmm. little brother found me. Wow. Took me to his... Um, took me to his house and uh, I was just like detoxing kind of on the bed. It was fucking awful. He didn't have a fucking sheet, but you know, whatever. <laughs> that's funny that that's like the one thing I remember. I was like, yeah, I had like dick. a little fucking couch pillow that my head was on, but he had a weed pin. So that yeah. helped. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, and then I went back to crash. Wow. Okay. Um, and you know, when I, when I graduated from crash the first time I, could have sworn up and down that I would never pick up again. So I was just Mm. flabbergasted by the fact that I had used again. You know, I didn't understand what I wasn't doing correctly that made me go back to drugs because all it had ever done for me is separate me from my spirituality and left Mm. me feeling so broken. And I did not want to feel like that anymore. So I couldn't believe that I'd done that to myself. So I went through another like healing process, um, learned a lot more about, I, I did like a grief group on my mom, which was super important. Um, 
I did a lot of process and working on like my resentments towards my father, Mm -hmm. but I also did a lot of work in, um, on, um, my fear of success, uh, my fear of, of wanting love and having hope. Um, and so by having that fear, I would avoid it. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like the biggest problem is I wouldn't stay connected. Mm-hmm. So this time I graduated crash. I moved to sober living. Um, and I got in August of last year, I would have had two years clean. Yeah. Um, I had moved out. I was the AGM of a restaurant. I was oh, doing yes. really good. This I was is doing, when I probably met you. Then. This is when you met me. And yeah. I was, you know, I was doing good. I was yeah, really involved really well. in the rooms. Mm-hmm. I was happy. Mm-hmm. I was surrounded by really supportive, strong people that cared about me. Um, and I was working on myself. I was working on my childhood traumas. I was working on, you know, learning to love myself. Um, but I was displacing what was important to me onto other people around me. And I was seeking validation in others. I see. And a couple things happened where I didn't receive that validation from a couple different people simultaneously. And it mm. was around the, my mom's birthday. Mm. And so there was like a lot of stuff coming up yeah, and a lot of trauma um, co- coming back up. Yeah. And just, not so much that I didn't have the tools to work through it, but I didn't have the desire to. I see. Um, and it was because I wasn't, um, I was still, I had my meeting commitments. I was still mm-hmm. going to my meetings, yeah. but I wasn't being present. Oh, I, wasn't I, fucking, I can 100% I wasn't listening. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, tr- I wasn't praying. Yeah. I wasn't meditating. I was focusing on all the shit that I didn't have, all the things that I couldn't enjoy. I was like, yeah. I'm fucking 27, 28 years old. Like, I started. I also moved in with someone who wasn't sober okay. and was in the art scene, and so I started playing shows uh, and going to these like artist events yeah. and like everyone's getting fucked up yeah, and like yeah. I want to do wanted, that. You wanted like, to be validated. You know, I want to do some fucking blow and draw yeah. a picture and write a song. <laughs> like I want to do that. You know what I that? mean? Let's do some fucking mushrooms. Yeah, you know, yeah. and like, and that what happened was I was forgetting about all the work that I'd put into it. And I was forgetting about the spirituality that I'd received and the freedom that I'd received. And I was weighing these materialistics and these what ifs and what haves and what can I possibly get from this alternate lifestyle that I'm not receiving now, rather than putting in the work Mm -hmm. on the lifestyle that I want. If that makes sense. I wanted that instant gratification. Of course we all do. We want everything. Yeah. And so I, uh, I started doing like CBD and kava and like kombucha oh, oh, okay. and kind of like, you know, kind of skirting around okay. the edges. Yeah, those are like dangerous. Yeah, uh, and I know, was bartending whatever. at my work too. And so I would like, oh, I got to try this drink or do this. <laughs> and then one day I was just like, fuck it. And I um, went to a brewery down the street from my house and had a beer. Yeah. And I had two. Um, and then I went home and I didn't fucking get arrested. I didn't fucking do any heroin. I didn't fucking fight anybody. Like I was like, cool, I can drink again. Ah, yes. You know, you didn't need to do a step one anymore. Nope. (laughs) And, uh, then I started smoking weed. Um, and it was, it was manageable. You know, I communicated with the people in my support groups, you know, narcotics anonymous just isn't for me. Um, fuck San Diego. (laughs) I was like, I'm glad it's working for you guys, but I'm recovered. So you can all fuck off basically is the mentality that I had. Um, and then probably three weeks in, I met a junkie. Um, oh, great. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> fell in came. love. You know, and uh, did a bunch of acid and shrooms and ketamine <laughs> and fucking Xanax and whatever the fuck I could get my hands on. And that did not end well. Yeah. Uh, it ended with me on top of a bridge at three o'clock in the morning after pulling the fire alarm in my apartment complex. 
maybe. <laughs> For no reason. Just because I was mad, so everybody else was going to yeah, be yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make, um, make them up. <laughs> well, my, the dude that I was with had to go to work, and I thought that he like left me because I was so fucking high, and I was like, you abandoned me. Those mm-hmm. same fucking issues coming up to the surface that I did not work on, that I didn't know how to separate myself from, drove me into despair. Yeah. I was on top of a bridge about to throw myself off onto the freeway, and that same voice that hit me when I did the aspirin overdose, that same fucking... Oh. Uh, energetic being that I saw when I yeah. OD'd came, came and said in. no unfinished business wow. and I was just like god damn it no, dude no. like just fucking let me leave <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean yeah. but it's but it <laughs> it pulled me back it pulled me back to my spirituality <laughs> um you know and I can't I'm lucky enough that the the my boss at work is involved in in recovery I lost my position by the way oh yeah yes, yes. I, I yeah, do yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, story yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> well, it showed up to work high on mushrooms, started fucking throwing up in the bathroom. Uh, but yeah, your uh, boss cleaning silver is like, mm, sorry. yeah, she's all, we know where this is heading. Yeah. You're, we're, you know, but it was it was emotional for all of us because I'd made a lot of work and I, you know, I'd done a lot of work on myself and I was throwing it away because I was scared. Yeah, I was scared of the progress. I was scared of the pain. I was scared of my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't let anyone in. Yeah. I didn't let I people loved me and I I saw it but I didn't believe it mm. you know and that goes with yeah. everything um, that's happened yes. you know as I was gonna say all that trauma and all that it's it creates a mindset that yeah. I couldn't es- that not I couldn't escape but I didn't want to escape because yeah. I was comfortable in my misery yeah, yeah. it was who I was I yeah. didn't know who I was without my pain I didn't want to let go of yeah. it um and so I. I met with my boss and I, I started crying. I was went in for a shift. I started crying. I said, I'm done. Wow. I need help. I'm done. And I was swearing up and down the walls. I will, <laughs> n- if I ever get in recovery again, it won't be in fucking San Diego. Oh, you know? like I was just man. pissed. I was yeah, over yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and uh, she was like, cool. I know where you're going. Um, and it was right when Dollface Club, Sober Living had just opened up. Oh, yeah. Up. And so, and I didn't know anything about it because I'd been disconnected. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've heard, I'd heard of Dollface before. I'd mm-hmm. never met um, anyone. Well, I mean, obviously my boss is involved in yeah. it. Yeah. I'd never met anyone. Like, oh, okay. Like, I'd never met Clea or anything oh, like that. Oh, no way. And so, I moved in. My clean date is September 13th. Ah. So, I'm September coming up 15th. on five months right now. Awesome. And so happy. <laughs> this house, the people I'm surrounded with, um, the level of vulnerability and safety that I've allowed myself to achieve over the last couple months has been life changing. Like, mm-hmm. and I know it's always, it's hard for me to say that this time is different because I've been doing <laughs> it for so long, right, but this right, time right. really is different. Fuck and the yeah. biggest testament to that is me. Fuck um, yeah. and God, I can't even like <laughs> the amount of freedom and the energetic shifts and the alignment with my higher power and the spirituality that I allow to course through my veins mm-hmm. is freeing. And that's mm-hmm. all I ever wanted. All I ever wanted was to be loved. Yeah. You know? And right now I am loved, not only by Absolutely people around are. me, but by myself. And that is what's pivotal for me. And yes. that's what Narcotics Anonymous has given me. Nice. I I'm still on step one. I'm a baby. Oh, I'm a baby right you're now. A baby again. But we started dropping it. Um, I only have <laughs> ten questions left. My sponsor is fucking amazing. Awesome. She's super, like like minded with me with like the different like little energetic trips <laughs> that we have and <laughs> understanding of that world. And nice. she Paulo Santos me and shit, and I need that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I've never been so honest about my reservations. I've never been so honest about 
the fact that I, you know, it's hard for me to surrender and being honest, open-minded yeah. and willing yeah. is changing my fucking life Fuck yeah, it is. from the inside out. And I'm super, super grateful for where I'm at right now. And I'm really glad that I've made it through all of my, all of my shit so that I can be here today and I can mm. watch the woman that I'm starting to grow into kind mm. of evolve. You know, that's, absolutely that's what I want. I get, I get to love people, you yeah. know, without worrying if they love me back. I get to care yeah. about my future, my life, my reality, and also understand that I am still kind of a psychopath. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's okay. You know, I'm a cute psychopath. <laughs> absolutely. You are. Uh, hey, look, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm almost 11. Right. And I'm still fucking. That shit crazy, yeah, right? dude. It's <laughs> never gonna go away, but it can be maintained. Exactly. And it can be, you know, it can be utilized. Yeah, you that know, too. there's a spirituality aspect of it, you know, that I can tap into, that we can all tap into. And there's a freedom and a grace that comes with working the steps and that comes with, you know, for lack of a better term, stepping into your true self. Yeah. You know, and I've been hiding from it for so long because I'm afraid of my potential. Mm -hmm. That's my sponsor told me that. Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> great quote. So I, don't <laughs> I don't fully believe it just yet. It felt a little weird okay. to say it, but I think, you know, but it's, I find it to be true in some aspects. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Wow, man. Hey, you know what? I, just thank you so much for coming on here. Yeah, and, of course. And Thanks like, for having me. I, I like, I, Talitha is literally like one of the most, like, most beautiful women I've ever met and, <laughs> and literally like had this story that I, I've known. I'm, was aware of most of it yeah and, and i i really wanted to share it you know and i and i'm so so blessed to have you part of my brand yeah like you know and and, and you know so when you it's I, rad what you're doing thank you i really yeah. appreciate that it is i, I you know i mean I, I appreciate all you guys that come in and and you know what i mean and and deal with my crazy ass and man and you know and i i I wanted. I just want to give her a little shout out too, because Talitha is also a really great singer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, and and when you're talking about the music, I, mm -hmm. I I I see that you know, because I've heard I've heard you know I've seen some of your videos and yeah. I've heard some of your songs and it's my low quality production. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but you know, um, I just you know, if you need anything, you know, you know, you can always hit me up, and I'm I'm really proud of you, and I appreciate and, that, and it, it it made me it made me so happy to see you come back. It Thank really you. did. It really did. You know, because I Aww. think you were the first person in that house. And yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of them. One, I mean, of, the, one, of, one the of the first. And I was like, what? Sure. Oh, my gosh. He's back. I'm all oh. surprised, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, I'm so fucking happy for you. I'm just continue doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, just keep growing. You're a fucking survivor. That you're part. a warrior. Hey. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Louisa. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to be here and honored to be asked to be here. Thank you. All right, everybody. Hope you had a, um, hope you enjoyed this. <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs> Bye. I love you. I love you.